everybody. It's good to see you all. A uh, very warm welcome this morning. Uh, this morning is a special service. Uh, those of you in here will have noticed there's a big pool in the middle of the building. We don't normally have that like that. So it's a special service and Izzy David has asked us to be baptised this morning. So we're really looking forward to Izzy being baptised uh, at the end of the service uh, we're looking forward to that. It's a really special time for us. And it's great to have a number of visitors with us. Good to see you. Uh, those of you who are friends and family of Izzy, uh, you're very welcome. And uh, everyone online as well. We know there's a good number of you watching online. So again, welcome uh, to you this morning. It's good to have you with us. A bit later, Izzy's going to come up here and share her story of what God has done in her life. And uh, share just a little bit about why she's being baptised. And uh, our pastor, John, uh, will also be sharing a message uh, a bit later uh, from the book of Acts. Um, And it will help us understand what it means to be saved. And he'll explain a little bit more about baptism as well in his message. And then, as I said, we'll have the baptism at the end of the service. Well, one of the things we love to do in church, and we couldn't do it over lockdown, but we're excited that we can do it now, is singing. And so we're going to stand in a moment when the music starts, and we're going to sing, and we're going to praise the God who we can never praise enough. And it's, O God, beyond all praising, we worship you today, and sing the love amazing that songs cannot repay. So so when the music starts, uh, if you stand and let's sing together. Some of you coming this morning may have questions 
about what's going on today or what Christians believe. And I just wanted to let you know that uh, we're running a course uh, soon called Hope Explored. Uh, It's only three sessions, so it's not long. And it's a really relaxed and informal time uh, for you to come along and for you to find out a little bit more about what Christians believe and find out about where Christians find uh, their hope and their purpose and their peace in life. So uh, if that interests you, or if you want to find out more details, then speak to Martin and Jane Hook. Uh, They're running it. Uh, And if you're not sure who they are, catch one of us. We'd be more than happy to uh, give them the details. Uh, Or if you're watching online, or if you don't want to do that, you can contact us via the website and we'll pass on your details. But that's Hope Explored, uh, three sessions uh, studying hope, purpose and peace. Well, we're going to read from the Bible now. Uh, we're going to read from uh, the book of Acts, which is in the New Testament. Uh, this is uh, written a few years after Jesus has been on earth. Uh, it's about Paul and Silas, and they're in a place called Philippi. It's a Roman colony, and they're just about to be arrested because they've helped and healed a servant girl. Uh, she was a fortune-telling servant girl. And they've healed her and helped her. And her owners are not too happy about this. So we're going to start the reading at verse 19 of Acts chapter 16. And this is what our pastor John is going to be speaking on a little bit later. It says this. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them. And the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let those men go. 
And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No. Let them come themselves and take us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologised to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the city and visited Lydia, and when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. So we're looking forward to John explaining a bit more about what that's all about soon. Well, we're going to stand in a moment and sing again. And uh, this is a song that Izzy has chosen. Uh, It's a special song. It's about Jesus Christ, the one who has given Izzy real hope in life. And it's in Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. And then after we've sung this, Izzy's going to come and share her story.
you get a bit of an idea of Izzy's story from that song that she chose, uh, but she's kindly agreed to come and share a bit more of her personal story now. So Izzy, if you'd like to come up. I've always believed in God, and from a young age, I knew that Jesus had died for our sins, but it never meant much to me until I was older. When I was three, I was badly injured in a car accident, and I had a a bleed on the brain, my right eye socket was smashed, my skull and my skull was fractured. I was in King's College Hospital in, in London for a week, and then I was able to go home. My doctors and nurses were amazed at my recovery and how I didn't have any brain damage. I was called a little miracle. Looking back at it now, although it didn't seem so at the time, it showed that God was in control and God had a plan for me. A year or so after the accident, we moved to Forest Fold from Hallam Chapel and I started going to Sunday school. I always thought I was a Christian as I went to church, had a Christian family and I believed in God. I read my Bible. But in 2018, on my first year of camp, I remember the last talk really struck me as it made me realise I wasn't a true Christian. Cy Hook was speaking on being ready for Judgment Day. Cy demonstrated two interviews. The first one was a non-Christian and the second one was a Christian. The non-Christian was making up excuses on why they hadn't repented and the Christian wasn't seen as a sinner by God anymore as they had um, been forgiven by Jesus and Jesus had taken away their sins. I remember him saying that if we hadn't repented and been forgiven, then we would be like the first interview. This really scared me as I knew I'd be like the first interview. So I talked and prayed about it with my discussion group leader, and after a while I felt like I was safe. But a few weeks um, after, I went back to my old life, walking away from God. Soon after camp, I joined Bennett, and I had to leave all my old friends which I got quite worried about as I had to make new friends. But God really comforted me through this time, especially like verses um, like Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things who strengthens me. When um, COVID hit in 2020, we had to go into lockdown, and we had to go into lockdown the first time. I was annoyed at God as I had to cancel all my birthday plans. I realized that God's plan was much better than mine because... God used this time to bring me opportunities that I wouldn't have been able to do if there wasn't a lockdown. On the 6th of June 2020, I was able to join Sorted Nano online. The talk was on Zacchaeus and how he was seen as a really bad sinner, but Jesus turned Zacchaeus' life around and Jesus still forgave him. So if Jesus could forgive Zacchaeus, then he could forgive anyone. They were talking about how Jesus' invitation for forgiveness and eternal life is for anyone, and no one is out of reach of Jesus. This really struck me, but I wasn't sure why, as I had heard the story of Zacchaeus so many times. Later that evening, I was doing my Bible reading, and it was about how God loves us and will forgive us no matter what we have done. In fact, he loved us so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross so we could be forgiven for our sins. I started to feel really guilty for what I had done, and I just prayed that I, could be, I would be forgiven. A few minutes later, I felt this peace wash over me, and my guilt was all gone. At that moment, the chorus of glorious days started playing, which is, Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified 
freely forever. O oh, one day he's coming, O oh, glorious day. When I heard this, I knew I was forgiven and I got overwhelmed and started crying. A few months after this, I had a dream which really scared me, which was about two boats. One was God's pe- had God's people on it and the second boat, which had the people that God reje- um, rejected God on it. In the dream, I was going to get on the boat with God's people, but it had already left when I got there. This really made me doubt my assurance. A while after we were back to school, I had to self-isolate. In this time, I started to feel really down, and I struggled with depression. However, I mostly kept this to myself, except from a couple of school friends. One friend in particular really encouraged me as they kept on reminding me that God was in control and had a plan. During my doubts, I asked God for a sign to show whether I'd been forgiven. Then one Sunday, John Cowley preached on Luke 13, verse 22 to 30, which was was about missing out on being saved. I remember he was talking about how we need to enter the narrow door into heaven, but we need to leave our bags of self-righteousness and self-law outside the door as they were too big to get through. I felt like God was speaking to me, telling me to this was a sign I had been asking for and felt I, God was telling me to trust him. After the sermon, I remember praying to God that he would help me just trust him and walk through. I remember walking out of church that morning filled with a joy and peace as I knew I'd put my trust in God and I'd walked through the door. Lovely, thank you. Well, we are certainly very glad that you're God's little miracle, as the doctor said. And uh, it's been so good uh, as Izzy's youth leader to see see her growing confidence, but also as she just finished there with joy and peace in her life. You can see the impact of Jesus in her life, and it's been really special. And uh, it's pretty daunting coming up the front here, to be honest, in front of so many people. So to do that, it's done really well. And we're so thankful that God's helped you do that and that you've been willing to do that. Uh, to share your story with everyone. So thank you so much. So we're going to pray now, and we're going to pray for Izzy, uh, and a few other things as well. So let's, uh, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that it is a special day. Lord, where we can celebrate the baptism of Izzy, where she's come to that point where she wants to publicly show us all that you have saved her, that she is forgiven and that she knows joy and peace now because of you. And I thank you so much for that. Lord, we know it's not easy coming up here and sharing your story. But Lord, we thank you for helping her to do that. Lord, you are good. Lord, we thank you for helping her to understand that she needs you. Lord, she needs your help. She needs to be saved. And Lord, I thank you that you can save. Lord, not only are you powerful enough to save, but Lord, you are willing to save. Lord, you loved Izzy so much, Lord, that you were willing to die on the cross to make a way so that she could be forgiven. And Lord, we just can't understand this depth of love. Lord, we thank you so much for it. And Lord, we thank you that Izzy's life has changed because of this good news. But Lord, we thank you for more than that. Lord, we thank you that her eternity has changed because of this wonderful news of Jesus. And so Lord, we do come this morning and we celebrate and we thank you. Lord, you are good. And I thank you, Lord, that there's many people here this morning who know the power of Jesus in their lives. And I thank you for that. 
And Lord, we pray for more people to know the love and the joy and the hope that you give. And Lord, we thank you that it is by simply trusting in you. And Lord, I pray that as John speaks later and as he explains a little bit more about this to us, Lord, I pray that we'd understand. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to listen, that you'd help us to take it in. And I pray that you'd help John to speak as well. Lord, I pray that you'd help him to speak clearly. And Lord, I pray that it would impact our lives. Lord, we are blessed with so many things. And Lord, so we come this morning and we say thank you. Lord, so many good things. Lord, I pray that you'd make us grateful. Lord, I pray that you would lift up our eyes to you. Lord, that we would realise that all these good things um, are not just chance, Lord, but they are gifts. Gifts from you. And I pray, Lord, that we would praise you more as we should. Lord, I pray that you'd forgive us when we don't. Lord, when we live our lives and we don't even think about you. When we reject you and live our own way, Lord, I pray that you'd forgive us. Lord, help us to look to you, I pray. And Lord, I pray now, especially, Lord, for the Hare family, with the funeral coming up this week of Steve. Lord, we pray for Christy and the children in their deep loss. And for Jean and Alan and for the brothers and sisters. Lord, we thank you so much for Steve. Lord, we thank you that he meant so much to so many. And it has been so special to hear so many tributes to him of the impact that he had on people's lives. Lord, we thank you for giving us to him. Lord, I thank you for the blessing that he was to me personally. So helpful, so prayerful, so wise. And we thank you for that. But Lord, you know that makes it so much more painful, Lord, when he's taken. And when those that we love are taken from us, Lord, you know it is so painful. And so Lord, we pray for your comfort this morning and in the coming week and at the funeral. Lord, for the family and close friends. Lord, that you would comfort them in a way that only you can. Lord, be very close to them this week, I pray. And Lord, even though it is tremendously sad, I pray, Lord, that it would be a special occasion. Lord, I pray that it may have a big impact on people. I pray, Lord, that you may help Steve Reese as he speaks. Lord, give him the words to say. Lord, we commit the family and the friends into your hands. Lord, we do pray for that this week. And Lord, I do bring before you as well the Hope Explored course, hoping to run soon. And Lord, we thank you that as Christians, Lord, there is hope. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that 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 course would be useful and helpful for people. Lord, as uh, as people look at the real hope and the real purpose and the real peace, that we find in Jesus. And Lord, I pray that others would sign up as well. Lord, we need hope in the world that we live in. And so we pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon that. And Lord, we just pray again now for us this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would fill our hearts with praise to you.
Lord, that if we've never known you before, Lord, I pray that we'd see something of you this morning and understand a bit more about what you're like. And Lord, for those of us who have known you for many years, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be filled with praise as we see Izzy and her story and as we see you being glorified. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to sing again before John comes and speaks to us. And uh, this was written by someone else. It's not Izzy's story in some ways, and yet in other ways it is Izzy's story. Uh, So we're going to sing, I once was lost in darkest night. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing. Whilst we're here, after the delays of delaying it a month or so, we're pleased to be here at uh, the baptism of Izzy, and uh, I am privileged to give the Bible message on this occasion. 
And as I read through uh, Izzy's story again, and uh, as we listened to it, I was uh, struck uh, by the theme of being saved. Being saved. She talked about a feeling that she was saved. She refers to a song which included, Dying He Saved Me. Talks about a Bible character who's very much somebody who Jesus came to save in the way the story unfolds. And she talked about uh, being challenged by a message about missing out on being saved. Saved. I wonder if you ever think along those lines. Being saved. Sometimes in the past, people would ask others very bold questions, and this would be one of them sometimes. Are you saved? If anyone's asked you that, well, well, are you saved? Would you understand it if they asked you that? What would you understand by that? Would you want to be able to say yes? Could you say yes? Thinking about the theme of being saved sent me to the Bible account that we read. It's a dramatic story. It happened in the Greek city called Philippi. Uh, Missionaries were in prison. In fact, they were in the inner jail. Their feet were in stocks. They'd been mercilessly whipped. Um, And you have the account of the jailer on the scene becoming a Christian. In some ways, it's totally different from this morning and uh, from Izzy. The jailer was an older man. He would have been a rough jailer, an ex-Roman soldier. Um, On the account, there are dazzling events. There's an earthquake. There's a near suicide. There is midnight singing. It's all very dramatic. But there are some connections with uh, Izzy's situation and indeed with anyone who becomes a Christian. And I hope as we look at it this morning, we'll see some connections that will help us to think about our own situation. want it to be useful to you this morning. Well, we're especially looking at verses 30 to 34 from Acts 16. And we're going to be looking at three main things as we work through. And this is the first We have a big question, a big question about being saved. So, when we ask questions, we want to to know something. That's usually behind a question, isn't it? Uh, We're keen to find out. It usually shows something of what's going on in our mind and our priorities and what's important to us. So, what's for dinner? What was the result in the match? Can I see a doctor, please? Uh, Questions which are a meaning. Something's going on inside. And this man's question shows what he is concerned about. The question comes in verse 30 when he says, What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? We've got it on our picture on the PowerPoint slide. And it seems a, a desperate question. It seems a, a respectful question. He says, sirs, that's probably quite unusual for somebody to address the, the inner prisoners in that way. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was nearly going to take his life, but now he falls down in front of them and he calls them sirs and he 
he, he has this question which comes across as an urgent question. What must I do to be saved? It's a personal question. What must I do to be saved? It's not a token question to keep the conversation going. It's not just an intellectual question. It is a personal, urgent question. I wonder if it's a pressing question for you. What must I do to be saved? It became a pressing question for Izzy. That was obvious in what she said. What led to it for the jailer in our account? Well, he he had heard God's message about salvation. So we read there in verse 17 uh, about Paul and those with him were people who proclaimed to you the way of salvation. So he'd heard something as they gave the message in Philippi. He had seen the conduct of Christians and he'd been surprised by how they'd behaved. These men in their cells, in the stocks, in the middle of the night, not groaning and swearing, but singing and praying. And they chose not to escape from the scene as they could have done, and that had a deep impact on him. So he'd seen Christians, and it had caused him to react and made him think. And there were disturbing events as well, which stirred his concern. There was the earthquake, the the big happenings, frightening for him. Well, maybe you have heard things about salvation and it's starting to make you think. Maybe you've seen the attitude of Christians and whilst they've not been perfect, it's been different and to you it's been striking Um, They seem to have a peace in difficulties which uh, you don't really have and there's been an unselfishness about their attitude which has struck you. Maybe it's been coupled with disturbing events, uh, things which have shaken you up, the whole of the COVID business. Perhaps of hearing of Steve being taken in midlife. A health scare of your own, a relationship breakup, business going pear-shaped, things that have shaken you, maybe. And this jailer, through all he went to, has this urgent question, what must I do to be saved? What did he mean by it? Well, it means he didn't feel safe and he wants to be safe. He didn't feel safe in relation to God. And when we think properly about the way we have been before God, it is understandable that we don't feel safe. We haven't loved God as we should have loved God. So much of our life we've ignored him. We haven't been grateful for the gifts that he's given us. We've laughed at his standards. We've often been unkind to the people he's put around us. And we can feel guilty. And 
If we have a sense of God's justice, and not many seem to do that these days actually, but it's a clear thing that we should have a sense of God's justice, then maybe we feel vulnerable by what we have done and how God views it and what the consequences will be for us. Izzy talks in her testimony about feeling guilty and wanting to be forgiven. This man looked back and he knew there were things that were wrong. He felt unsafe and wanted to be in a safe position. He wanted to be rescued. He wanted to be saved. Sometimes it's been shown in a diagram like this, that here we have people and the things that we've done wrong, our sins, our failings, have separated us from God. There is a gap by what we've done wrong with God. And he wants to feel accepted by God. He wants to feel welcomed by God. He wants to be able to face the, the, ju- the, the judgment day when he gives account to God with a sense of peace. But there is a gap. He doesn't feel there at the moment. He's in an unsafe position. And so his big question is, what must I do to be saved? How can that gap be bridged? How can I get over to the point of safety, welcome, acceptance? Well, do you feel in a safe position in relation to God? Or do you have this fear that you're actually missing out on that salvation? So we have a big question about being saved. And then we have, secondly, a simple answer about being saved. A simple answer about being saved. So I can tell you this morning, the great news is that there is an answer. It's not left as one of the imponderables of life that you can never get resolved. For some religions, you get to the end of your life and you've no idea what the outcome will be. Well, the Christian message is clear that there is an answer, and it is a simple answer. The answer was given to this man in verse 31, and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot put things right ourselves. We might try to. Is sometimes pictured this way, by different attempts to bridge this gap, to get to a point of safety. We try and construct our own bridges, but our own bridges don't make it. So it could be that we're a polite as a person towards others and we think that's going to be enough. Or it could be that we give to charity and uh, we're a, a person who helps out as a volunteer. It, it could be that we're... Hot on environmental concerns because that feels right and moral when we do all our recycling and so forth. It could be that we take religious steps and we go to church and we read certain books and we attend certain meetings and all of these things might be very good things but we cannot save ourselves. The Bible is clear that good works do not save us. They're too imperfect. They're too bad. They can't bridge the gap. They can't pay for the penalty of the things that we've done wrong. But God has done something 
which can put us in a position of safety. His answer is his son, Jesus. He came into the world so that people could be saved. We, in recent weeks, have heard of the news of joy giving to the angels that there is born to you a saviour who is Christ the Lord. We've heard that his name was Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The chorus, is he quoted in her testimony, gives some idea of what's involved. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, O oh glorious day. The death and resurrection of God's Son, Jesus, is so involved with us being in a point of safety. It says elsewhere in the Bible, a letter to some people at Corinth, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. And he was buried and he was raised on the third day. Jesus on the cross takes the punishment, takes the guilt, takes the shame, takes the distance on behalf of others so that we can get to a point of safety. It's sometimes pictured like this. Jesus, his cross, bridging the gap to a point of safety. How do we get across? How do we get across? God's provision through Jesus? The answer here is, and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It is by believing in Jesus. That doesn't just mean believing that God exists. As he said, she did that from a young age. Many do. But it is a personal faith in Jesus as the Saviour. It is putting our trust in him. It is saying, Lord, I need to be saved and forgiven. And you have sent Jesus into the world to take the sins of others on the cross. He rose again to give everlasting life to others. My trust is in your son and not in myself. That is what it is to believe. And if you have believed in that way, you have crossed the bridge. The famous verse in the Bible says it, doesn't it? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes... And it's a message good enough to pass on to others. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved, and your household. Tell them about it. In Christ alone. That was Izzy's choice, and it was a a great song with this truth in it. Till on that cross, as Jesus dies, the wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. So it can go to the last verse. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me, 
From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. That was a simple answer, isn't it? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. We have to be careful of not making it too complicated. Some people do. Well, there was was more to know. Yes, in the next verse we're told, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in, in, in his house. There is more to know. We need to grow in understanding. We need to grow in what it means for our lives. But there's a simplicity in the answer to the big question. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Well, can I ask then, is that the answer that you need to hear? Is that what you need to break through into your desperate question? What can I do to be saved? Is that what you need to resolve the confusion which you have just generated on the whole issue? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Well, we move on in the account to follow-ons after being saved. Follow-ons after being saved. It's late at night, in the early hours actually, but still more happens in the account and there's some things that show us the result or the results of what it is to be saved in this way. And there are three in what we have here. I shall mention them briefly. This is the first. Change. The jailer starts to change. He's not the man he was. Already there is some difference. He won't be perfect. He's a lot to learn. There's a lifetime ahead of him of changing in outlook and habits and attitudes But already there is change. Believing leads to change. Believing is tied up with repentance, which is change. And you can see what he's doing already in verse uh, 30. It says afterwards, verse 33, And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Well, that's not what you expect of a hardened Roman soldier to be washing the wounds of a prisoner. They inflicted wounds rather than helping and soothing wounds. And look what he's doing in verse 34. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. He opened his home to them. He opened his heart to them. He wanted them to be fed up in a good sense. He wanted to feed them up. And when we trust in Jesus, things do change. Our attitude to God changes. Our attitude to others, at home, with friends. Mark mentioned how Izzy had grown and changed through this period. We do change. There's still battles. We battle with selfishness. We battle with all sorts of things. But there is a change in life that happens when we are saved. It was there And it's true today. Baptism, really, one of the things it points to is change. 
it's like the old person going down into the water and a new person coming up out of the water. It reflects change. Which leads us on to the second of these follow-ons, which is baptism. So we have a baptism this morning at a civil hour. They had a baptism in the night. Verse 33 carries on. He took them and the same hour of the night washed their wounds and he was baptised at once, he and all his family. They were baptised because they were saved, because they had believed. So what, what is baptism about? What happens this morning? Well, there are different aspects. But partly it's about siding with Jesus. It's about saying, I'm now a follower of Jesus. I'm on his side. I want to be seen as belonging to him, trusting in him. And it follows on from believing, believing and being baptised. I want to clearly, publicly show who I now serve and who is my saviour. So is it this morning? It's going to be baptised and many others here have been baptised. I was looking at the church records and uh, in the region of 550 people have become members here who have been baptised since it started as a church in 1844. A long, long record of many believing and being baptised. And if you are a believer in Jesus, if you have crossed to that point of safety because of his death, you're trusting in him, it's right for you to publicly show that by being baptised. And maybe seeing Izzy being baptised this morning just might give you a nudge and an encouragement in that direction and for that step of obeying and following God. There was a last follow-on. It comes out, and just trying to bring out what's here in this little account, and it was this. Joy. Joy. How does the dramatic event end? 34, halfway through. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. This man, who had been desperate, was now filled with a, a deep happiness and a real joy. And why not? He was right with God. He'd been welcomed by God. He knew he was in a safe place. He knew God as his saviour. He knew God as his friend. He could face that great day of giving account with confidence. He knew that all his past wrongs had been dealt with. So why shouldn't he be joyful? He was a saved man. And joy is a follow-on from being saved. Living a life as a Christian is not always easy. There are many sadnesses and difficulties in life and in the Christian life. But there is a reason for great joy, for big joy, for lasting joy. Because we are safe and saved because of what Jesus has done in his love. In fact, I would say that you won't find for yourself 
the best joy in this life unless you know Jesus as your saviour. Izzy ended her testimony in this way. I remember walking out of church that morning filled with joy and peace as I knew that I had put my trust in God and I had walked through the door. Well, I hope you too find that deep joy by placing your trust in Jesus. Saved. Well, we have another hymn before we have the baptism, which we're going to sing through after we have uh, sung the song through. Um, generally, stay standing for the baptism. That's perhaps you're right in the very front rows and it will help others behind you. Leave that to your discretion. Um, uh, often children get to a point where they can see, so we, we give parents the freedom to guide and direct their children if they want to get into a position where they can see a bit better what is happening. But our song now, after that message, is uh, the, the classic hymn known by so many, which reflects the joy and thankfulness of somebody who knows what it is to be saved. It is the song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me.
And uh, it's a reason for joy in the account, and it's a reason for joy now. These are very happy occasions. Just to explain a little bit of what's going to happen. Um, going to give a Bible verse to Izzy, just to encourage her, and one to try and remember. And then we'll go down into the water. I'll ask her a couple of questions so she can just confirm that she has... Uh, believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and that she's repented and then I'll baptise uh, Izzy and when she comes up uh, out of the water uh, then uh, we'll sing a song to God be the glory. So that'll be without any an extra announcement uh, from me so just follow the lead of the music and then afterwards Mark is going to close in prayer. <coughs> So, the verse I've got for you is, is uh, from uh, part of the Bible called 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, and it's verse 14, and it is, But as for you, continue in the things that you have learned and firmly believed. So, you are a believer, and that's excellent, we rejoice in that. You have learnt things about Jesus here at home, especially from God's word. God has given you faith and that's an excellent thing. But it's also the start of a journey, a life's journey. And as you go forward, you need to continue, continue in the things that you have learned and firmly believed. Stay on that path. Hold on to the truth, the truth which is from God, the truth which has saved you, and the truth which equips you to go forwards. Won't always be easy in the Christian life. It wasn't going to be easy for Timothy, who this was written to. But in going forward, we need to continue in the things that we've learned and firmly believed. And by God's grace, you will continue. So I leave that verse. So is it? Have you been made sorry for your sin and confessed it to God? Have you turned from it? as a way of life and have you begun with God's help to aim to live a life that pleases him? Yes, I have. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as your Saviour? Do you believe that through his death and resurrection there is forgiveness and everlasting life? Yes, I do. Well, on your repentance toward God and your faith in the Lord Jesus,
Well, I won't say much, because I'm sure Izzy wants to get changed. Uh, but if you have got any questions, if you do want to talk to us, do feel free to come and chat. Uh, or do ask Izzy. Um, do go and chat to her. Let's pray to finish. Lord God, we do praise you and we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in Izzy's life. Lord, you've transformed her and changed her. And Lord, we thank you that you'll continue working in her. And Lord, I pray that she would hold on to the wonderful things you've done for her. Do keep her, I pray. And so Lord, we praise you this morning, thanking you for all you've done. Do be with us, Lord, as we go our separate ways. Lord, I pray that you'd go with us and help us to remember the things that we've heard this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.